Welcome back to episode 90 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast dedicated to all things Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another Game Week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and some sell-high buy-low targets ahead of Game Week 4. The season just continues to give us some cracking games, particularly those that came on Sunday and then on Monday Night Football, particularly the 3-3 draw between Newcastle and City and then that big rivalry match between United and Liverpool, which very much did not go the way we were expecting. Clean sheets were quite hard to come by, Spurs in the early kickoff, Arsenal in the late Saturday kickoff, and then Leeds and Brighton were the only ones that gave us some clean sheet points. West Ham still haven't managed to score and are now the last team in the Football League yet to hit the back of the net. And there are still quite a few teams that I still don't really know what to make of, uh, the likes of Aston Villa, Southampton, Wolves, and there aren't many teams yet who I'm targeting week to week, other than Bournemouth. I'm recording this episode on Tuesday the 23rd of August, so any team news, injury developments or press conference updates are up to date as of now and of course subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Nathan Chalaber, Davidson Sanchez and Brennan Johnson, so let's get into it. A quick look at the fixture promise to then starting with Arsenal. Now, a starting Arsenal asset is a rare find in the waiver pile these days. Even the likes of Tierney, Smithrow and Enketia still have ownership above 80%. And even Granite Xhaka's ownership has just gone above 50%, possibly for the first time ever. He was one of the most wavered in players last week, according to our global dash data. Nottingham Forest are now coming into a hard pair of fixtures with Spurs and Manchester City, but do then have the pick of the list with Bournemouth at home after that. While this is a fixture I'm already looking to target, Bournemouth will obviously be seeing that game as one they need to target as well, so it could end up being quite an intense affair. Southampton continue to look a bit shit, but are sat on a well-earned four points from the opening three games. Next up is Man United at home, which who knows what's going to happen in that one. My brain tells me that should be United's opportunity to make, uh, you know, to build on the success they had from Monday Night Football and that big win over Liverpool. However, there is a narrative uh, thread here that could see them go there and, and throw away that momentum that they've already built. Southampton do have some players that can hurt them. Walt Prowse, Rebo, Che Adams. I was a lot more keen on maybe bringing Southampton attackers as a punt for that game. But since that, that big result against Liverpool, um, the pendulum, I think, has firmly swung back towards Man United. Waiver watch for this week, a quick look at the big movers and shakers from the last round of transactions. The most transferred in player was Rodrigo for Leeds and all those that brought him in were well rewarded with a goal and assist, which brings his total to four goals and one assist already. And uh, he is well clear uh, in front as the leading FPL point scorer this season. I don't think many of us would have had that after game week three. Completing the rest of the big moves in, Ben Mee for Brentford, uh, Henderson in goal for Forest, Xhaka for Arsenal and Nathan Aki for Manchester City. So there have been lots of disappointed managers there. His ownership is now pretty high at 68% and it remains to be seen how he continues to fit in as the season moves on. Going the other way, some interesting names actually on uh, on those that waved out, to be honest, there weren't any massive swings, so people were spreading their their um, p- 
people were spreading their exits out quite a lot. So even the biggest uh, transfer out this season was only a 6% swing in ownership. And surprisingly, that was Bailey for Aston Villa. Um, yeah, a bit, bit of an odd one there, but uh, hey-ho. Uh, Diego Carlos was second, which just seems fairly obvious. Neto for Wolves, another slightly surprising one to be up there. Dalot, Bruno Gamares for Newcastle. I mean, some big names here. A couple of these um, I'd actually tout for this week. Um, so yeah, interesting. This is for eight-team leagues, where obviously you don't need to be quite as precious with your picks as those in larger leagues, but still some surprising names in there nonetheless. Into the main picks, uh, starting with the goalkeeper, and that's Rea for Brentford. His ownerships are only 55% in eight-team leagues, and ahead of a very nice run of fixtures would be very worth bringing in ahead of some of the other usual suspects that you might have already. Now, following Koulibaly's red card in Chelsea's 3-0 defeat to Leeds, uh, I'm highlighting Nathan Chalopa here for their next game, which is at home to Leicester. Now, you might decide that the defence seems too flimsy at the moment, particularly after the showing against Leeds, but for larger leagues, he's not a bad shout for a one-week punt, as Chelsea are always good value to keep a clean sheet, especially at home. Now, if you're looking for something a little more than a one-week punt, Saliba's ownership is still not as high as it should be, at around 40%, and with two nice home fixtures in the next two for Arsenal, would be a very worthy addition to your team. I also wouldn't be afraid to double up if you've already got one or two of the other Arsenal defenders. Now, as I said, one of those uh, who was waved out a lot this week was Diego Carlos, naturally, after his injury. And I think Tyro Mings is very fortunate that he's now got an opportunity to come and stake his claim again in the team. Um, And I guess as it stands, he's going to be set to carry on for now. And uh, with West Ham at home in the next game, who, as I mentioned, are yet to score, um, not a bad chance to, uh, to get a clean sheet here. Has to be said, West Ham have accumulated... Uh, and expected goals of just over three already, which is by no means the worst in the league. Uh, Leicester, for example, have a cumulative XG of just over one, but have managed to score five goals already. Um, so another reason why uh, you might want to back a Chalibur clean sheet at the weekend as they're facing Leicester. But if you fancy West Ham to carry on with their goal-scoring struggles, uh, then someone like Mings isn't a bad shout. Personally, um, I think Villa are a great opportunity for West Ham to finally hit the back of the net. Like everyone, I'm still not really sure what their strongest 11 is. But Mings always seems to be a popular pick on uh, on the waivers throughout the season. So uh, I'm sure his ownership will creep up next week. Next, a couple of uh, forwards. Now, both of these I could have put in the hidden gems uh, section. Such is their ownership, starting with Mateta for Palace. He's only got 2% ownership in eight-team leagues, but that finish to seal the win at the end of the Villa game was class and puts him, I'd say, a notch ahead of Eduard already. The City game next weekend isn't going to be the best judge of Palace's attacking threat. I'm fairly sure we could see them go with the back five again. In fact, barring any injuries, I would expect to see exactly the same starting eleven as the one that went to Anfield in game week two. Um, But if you're in a very large league and he's still available, could be one to tuck away on the bench this weekend. Now, if the next guy is available as well, then I'd 100% urge you to go for this one. Uh, And that's Brennan Johnson for Nottingham Forest. He's free in nearly 90% of eight-team leagues. Not many will have known much about him ahead of draft day. And that's reflected by the slow uptake in ownership figures through the first three weeks. It's unlikely that it's going to change much considering Forest's next two games uh, against Spurs and Manchester City. But if you are in a larger league where he's free, don't be put off by the recent signings. As I've said on this pod, a couple of times already he remains their talisman and isn't in any danger of being dropped as it stands on to the hidden gems so these are guys who are generally owned in less than 10 percent of leagues and we'll start with davison sanchez 
for Spurs. Now, the news of Romero's injury came out after I'd released the last pod, so I wasn't able to mention him in time. Um, but I was personally glad to grab him on the waivers this week uh, in a couple of my draft teams, actually, for a couple of solid six-pointers. Spurs did not seem to suffer too much defensively, um, but I think certainly did miss Romero's ability to step out at times with the ball. Wolves had virtually doubled the number of shots uh, as Tottenham in that game, but could not even accumulate half the XG. So they were pretty well contained to long shots and the blocking was characteristically solid from the Spurs defenders. Now this week they're against Forest, who have obviously started life in the Premier League well, but I don't think the game plan will change that much for Spurs next Sunday. West Ham away is definitely the tougher game after that, particularly for a midweek game under the lights. But Fulham at home straight after is another great opportunity. So you might be looking at that as a very nice, solid trio of games. Spurs have now scored twice from corners, which is surely some of the work of the new set-piece coach Gianni Vio, who looks like the kind of bloke that has the best downstairs office you've ever seen. There's no reason why Davison Sanchez can't get his head on the end of one of those peachy Perisic crosses. And if he's available in your leagues, well worth picking up. Next is Diogo Dalot for Man United. He's currently second for expected assists and fourth for expected goals uh, in, in looking at the whole Man United squad after the opening three games. He's nailed to start and Man United potentially are turning their form around. So as I said at the beginning, Southampton away at the weekend shouldn't be too hard on paper, but it is one of those games that's quite hard to gauge properly at the moment, so who knows. We could also throw in the likes of Martinez and Malassia into this mix as well, if you're just looking for a plain defender, but Dalot would certainly be my pick of the bunch. Lastly is Gedej for Wolves, a frustrating day for Wolves in general on Saturday, but I thought he looked to have made pretty much the best of his first start. He linked up well with... Uh, his various compatriots and was generally involved in any of their good possessions. They do seem like a team that could score against anybody with the football that they play, but they do really need Jimenez to get back into the lineup because um, they need they need a focal point in that attack who can actually finish some of these moves off. But I liked what I saw from him. Um, I know lots were asking about him when he first got signed um, and I would happily uh, pick him up and hang on to him for a few weeks to see what he does. On to the most hidden gem pick next. So that's uh, a player owned in less than 10% of 16 team leagues. So very, very low ownership indeed. Um, I had two options here and I'm going to mention them both. Um, The first is Sam Johnston for Crystal Palace. And if you've ended up with Ward or some other underperforming or even non-playing goalkeeper, uh, I think Johnston could be worth a punt. I'm fairly certain nobody will be in for him this week as Crystal Palace go to City. But I don't think it will take very long for him to be given a go over Gator. And you could end up with him just in time for their favourable fixture swing. The second one is Bobby Reed. Bobby Decordo Bobby Decordo Bobby Decordova Reed. I preferred him when he was just Bobby Reed. Anyway, um, got his first goal at the weekend uh, early on in that match against Brentford. And Fulham actually have uh, a pretty hard fixture this weekend away at Arsenal, but then they have home game against Brighton you might want to hold on one more week and punt him for that game as I said very low ownership and I doubt he's going to go this week but he is a player I've admired for a while I liked him when he was back in the league uh, a couple of years ago and he's another one of those players who I think at some point this season I probably will end up bringing him in for a week or two just to see what he can do on some trade valuations uh, a couple of big names I'm going to talk about this week first is Zaha now, the only way you'll be able to get him clearly is, uh, you know, if you don't already, is to pick him up off one of your league rivals. So you'll have to pay top dollar for him at the moment. But your only glimmer of hope is that they're playing Manchester City away next weekend. So, you know, Palace created so many chances against that Villa side who were very poor again. 
um, that they were full full value for their 3-1 victory. Once they get through next weekend, the only tricky looking fixture on paper um, before the World Cup is Chelsea at home in game week nine. So I expect most of the Palace options to get mopped up over the coming weeks. As a squad, Palace have an XG of just under six so far, uh, which is only behind the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal and Manchester City but have actually only found the back of the net four times so far. So if those underlying stats are anything to go by, the goal should continue to flow. And I wouldn't totally bet against them to uh, to get a goal on the counter-attack against Manchester City. And I think they'd have seen that game uh, away at St. James's Park and taken a lot of confidence from it. Second big name is Saka. Uh, it's been a slow start to the season for Saka, who's only got one uh, FPL return already, which was uh, the assist for the Crystal Palace own goal in game week one. A lot of the play seems to be going down the left at the moment. Whenever there's a dangerous move, uh, it tends to involve the likes of Jesus, Martinelli or Odegaard. Now, it might just be one of those things. We've only got a pretty limited data set from this year, but it might not be the worst time to try and prize him away from whoever picked him up on draft day, as I'm fairly certain we haven't seen the best of him so far this year. So that's it for this episode. A reminder that the waivers will be processed on Friday morning. There's no Friday night game this week um, with the early kickoff on Saturday, which is Southampton uh, against Man United. All of the game week four fixtures um, will take place within the confines of Saturday and Sunday because we then have a midweek game week. Game week five will be on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and then a tight turnaround ahead of game week six, which is uh, another game week which will just be confined to the Saturday and Sunday. So the pods will be coming thick and fast over the next week or so, and you won't have a lot of time to listen before the next wave deadline comes around. So no better reason to make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss out on the podcast as it drops. And if you haven't already, please head over to draftfc.co.uk. Not only will you be able to see all of the ownership stats that I've been referring to in the podcast, but you'll have access to the personal dashboard, which will break down your draft league in a way that no other website will. We're also updating my overall rankings uh, every couple of weeks. And before each game week, we're also publishing our predicted lineups. Access to the dashboards is on a subscription basis, but for all new users, you'll be able to get seven days free. And as I said, with those game weeks coming up all within the space, basically three game weeks within the space of seven days, there's no better time to uh, to pick up that free trial as you'll be able to see how it goes between two or three game weeks and get the most out of it. And I'm sure you'll agree it's amazing and you'll agree to stay anyway. If you need to get hold of us, the best way is on Twitter at draft underscore FC. There are two or three of us monitoring the account, so we're usually pretty quick to get back to you for any queries. That could be about the website or could just be a simple uh, query about what to do on the waivers in your draft league this week. The other thing that's obviously looming at the moment, just over a week to go, is the summer transfer window, which is still going on. I'm expecting maybe one or two surprise names to come in before the end of the summer. And it sounds like there could be uh, a few returning faces, uh, the likes of a Bamiyan getting mentioned. And then we're also still waiting on uh, Chelsea to complete a couple of big moves. So for those who are near the bottom of the league, there could be a few treats to get ahead uh, once that deadline has passed. Until then, best of luck with all your moves and dealings. And as always, stay shook. <laughs>